Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I'm Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So today, we're in our creeds and confessions. Uh, we, if, you, if you're new, if you've never listened to our podcast, uh, we're in the middle of a series of um, basically going through ancient church documents known as creeds and confessions. And currently we're in the middle of the Augsburg Confession. We're at Article 4. Um, you could read this or you could listen to this episode on its own. Um, or if you'd like to start at the beginning and catch up, you're welcome to go back and listen to some of those older episodes. Um, but we're, again, we're only at number four. Um, but it's not as though this is sequential necessarily. But um, today, uh, like I mentioned, in Article 4, we're going to be dealing with the the idea of justification. This is titled, Of Justification. So Lucas, uh, if you'd like, please go ahead and read. I would like. Thank you very much. Um, so Article 4 of Justification reads, Also, they teach that men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who, by his death, has made satisfaction for our sins. This faith God imputes for righteousness in his sight. See Romans 3-4. through Short but sweet. Short but sweet. Um... Yeah, so something that I would maybe suggest we keep in mind as we talk about this is despite it being, the sh- I think, the shortest article that we've come to thus far, um, I believe it was Luther himself who at one point says that justification is the article on which the church stands or falls. So is this and the article on which the Augsburg Confession stands or falls? <laughs> logically i don't see how we could think anything other right exactly yeah (laughs) um but so clearly like you know there i've seen a lot of jokes you know about lutherans and lutheranism connected to the idea of of justification being kind of everything and and i mean that that kind of is like the the tradition has developed even more so than um i i think in my experience other protestant traditions that justification truly is the the one thing that everything else doesn't really matter compared to it and so it's it's i don't know the you know at this stage in the reformation at this stage in the development of what would later become lutheran theology you know if the if that had been worked out quite the way that it would later be worked out by some people to to be of such central importance i'm not saying that the augsburg doesn't make it important i mean right up here after the son of god they have a whole article dedicated just to justification by faith so clearly it's important but i'm just saying i I, i'm not trying to be anachronistic and say that you know if you talk to your local lutheran pastor today he's gonna you know have the exact same view that melanchthon had 500 years ago like Mm. i'm not saying that but what i am saying is that justification for lutherans has always been, going back to Luther himself, very much the central doctrinal concern of the church, or right. at least it, you know, they would say it should be that if it's not. And so um, just pointing that out at the, at, the, at the front end of this to just say, like, this is super important for 
the theological outlook that the Augsburg Confession teaches and represents, and certainly would come to to be read in that way, uh, you know, throughout throughout history. So right. I think it's pretty pretty key to keep in mind just how key this article really is for the broader project of the Reformation in Germany, you know, under Luther and his his followers and stuff. So, well, we need to understand what, the context yeah. really in which this is being written. Um, you have to remember what was going on with uh, the the Church of Rome, with with the with the Catholic Church, um, the selling of indulgences, um, teachings on purgatory. Like a lot of man made traditions had been established and and perpetuated, um, and so for men like Luther and Melanchthon and, and other reformers, like like we're saying, the the doctrine of justification, um, the idea of what pardons a sinner. Um, this is like key to the gospel because do do we achieve this on our own or does is it an act of God? Um, and as it's been communicated throughout at least Protestant church history and obviously before then too, but as we corrected some of our errors, we would say that justification is an act of God. Um, it doesn't describe the way that God necessarily inwardly renews and changes a person, um, but rather uh, it's 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 a declaration in which God pardons the sinner of all of his or her sins um, and accepts, uh, basically accepts and accounts the sinner as righteous in his sight. But again, not because of what the person has done, but, but, but because of what Christ has done. Um, he says, all are justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their, for, that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. Um, so the basis of our justification uh, is not our works, it's not our merit, um, but it's solely on the, basins, uh, on the basis of the obedience and death of his son, our representative, our great high priest, the one who went before us. And what I think is also super interesting, and this is obviously the conversation about justification, even within the same tradition of Protestantism, is is a very complicated one, let alone um, working out all that it entails from a from a you know ground up kind of way. But it it says that you're justified for Christ's sake through faith when you believe that you are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins. So if we go back to the previous article that we talked about last week, Article Three of the Son of God. Um, Jesus reconciles the Father unto us and is a sacrifice not only for original guilt, but also for all actual sins of men. That has already happened. And and this framework might be a little different. Certainly it's a little bit different than how I grew up, but um, the the emphasis on the objective work of Christ, I think, comes through in at least the way that this translation renders it in Article 4, where Christ has made satisfaction for our sins already. It's Christ's work. It's not our work. We don't get our salvation because we have faith. You know, like, because faith is not a work, faith isn't earning our salvation. Faith is our response to, oh, I believe. I am received into God's favor because of Christ's work making satisfaction for my sins. And that's, um, I think, a really powerful thing to to focus on and way to frame it where it's it it really hammers home that 
as the first part of this article says, men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works. They are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith. It's not, even our faith is not a thing that we do that enables our salvation. Right. Or a thing that we do that earns our salvation or a thing that we do that makes us saved. Faith is the reception, you know, I mean, you know, we can talk about it in a lot of different ways and there's a lot, there's different elements to it and components that come together, but it is the recognition that we are saved by Christ that, right. or, or a better, maybe another way to put it, that we are saved because of Christ, that Christ saves us. It's not, it's not what we do, whether we put it on our good works, whether we put it on our indulgences that we purchased or whether we put it on the, you know, faith that we believed God with. None of those things gets us saved. Christ gets us saved. He saves us freely. And we, through faith, not our own strength, merits, or works, recognize that and are therefore able to participate in that salvation in Christ. And When, when yeah. I was, I, we mentioned it in the last episode, I mentioned that I was a youth pastor. Um, but when I was a youth pastor, one of the things that I like to ask, not necessarily um, for an answer, but rhetorically was, how do you know that you're a Christian? So when you ask somebody, how do you know that you are saved? How do you know that you're a Christian? And their answer is, in a way, very telling. Because if they say something like, well, I pray to prayer, um, I, I go to church, I, I read the Bible, um, I do, and it's, it's all works. It's things that you have done. And that's, again, those aren't, it's not to say that those things are irrelevant or not important, um, but how do you know that you're a Christian? How do you know that you're saved? Um, you know that you're saved because you are engrafted into the life and fellowship of the the Holy Trinity. You are um, alive because of what Christ has done for you. And it's that age-old conversation of, you know, faith versus works or, you know, Paul versus Peter um, type of, uh, you know, faith without works is dead. Um, or, you know, your, your, your works save you. Um, th- these are conversations that people have been having for, for years and years and will continue to have. Um, but the, the reality is, is that your works, your acts of righteousness, no matter how noble, do not save you or add to your salvation. So even your works do not sanctify you necessarily. Um, but your saving faith, the, the faith that you have, the life that you have in Christ, demonstrates itself as genuine, demonstrates itself as true when you have good works. Um, it is possible to profess saving faith um, but not to possess saving faith, I guess is another way to say it. Um, but th- when we when we have become a Christian, those good works, as I've heard it described, are evidence that something has been changed, something has been transformed. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess when you're when you're thinking about like what is the relationship of of faith and works, that's that's one way to think about it. Yeah, and it's always you know as we see here, faith is the foundation. Faith is not a work that saves us. Faith is how we are saved because we, through faith, as, as Scripture teaches, as we see all over the New Testament, faith in Christ saves us because Christ is the, Christ is the only one who can save us. He's the only one who is, is, that salvation comes from. So that's where we place our faith, not our own, again, strength, merits, or works, as um, this article puts um, and you know, just the the last little sentence um, feels almost like a throwaway, but there's a whole there's a whole world of debate to be had just in this one little sentence. This faith God imputes for righteousness in His sight, um, and they cite Romans three and four for that. 
um, the, the whole idea of imputed righteousness in, you know, Abraham believed God and it was credited credited to him as righteousness is, is I think the way that I've memorized that verse. I don't know if that's NIV or ESV, but one of those, um, the, the imputation of righteousness here, um, is a, it was a, this was another, this is, and was another big, um, debate between, between Protestants, uh, especially, you know, Lutherans and, and the reformers and Rome where this almost, you know, more that like the, the more legal framework, the forensic way of, of approaching justification is a very Protestant way to talk about it where, um, the, the credited to us versus um, being us somehow growing into justification by our own becoming more holy. It's it's the 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 justification being declared righteous, being justified that we get is what what they're saying is that is imputed into us um, by our faith or by God. You know, our faith is is um, God views our faith as righteousness. We are declared righteous because of our faith in the righteous one, Christ. I don't know if I, I feel like I didn't explain that super well, but. Um, it's it's a difficult thing to explain. It's a very yeah, yeah. heady conceptual idea to, to speak of how we are made right before a holy and just God. I mean, that's what it comes down to is how there's this holy, perfect, eternal being and how there's these fallen, think of last week and the last couple of weeks talking about Jonah, think about sinful, fallen, rebellious humans. How are we having any sort of relationship with this God? It's because of God becoming a man um, and the, the, the imputed righteousness, the, the faith, um, the justification that we have. I mean, really, at the end of the day, um, the doctrine of justification as taught um, here in this article, I think is of immense comfort, immense joy, uh, because it takes the burden off of your shoulders. And it's so funny that like, we burden ourselves in that way when we start to look at faith and the Christian life as like one of needing to have works. Because uh, how will you ever know if you've done enough? Have I checked enough boxes? Have I been holy enough? Have I justified myself enough to merit God's favor? It's an unending lifelong battle. Uh, but to be declared righteous because of what Christ has done, to have his righteousness, his holiness imputed within me, um, that's, man, that causes me to want to sing. That causes me to want to worship, to live a life of obedience because of what he's done. Um, And so that's, that's where, I mean, this episode could be so long as we navigate the intricacies of justification uh, but just just highlighting on on that significance of like this is something that we don't have to do it's already been done and we enter into the life of the trinity and yeah it's it's a beautiful doctrine oh yeah and it's so beautifully put here freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake i mean it's just such a you know, again, we've talked a lot about the conciseness, the cl- clarity that this is written with, but also just the, the beauty that those words um, are so comforting, as you say, and, and such a ref- like a refreshment to meditate on on Christ and what he's done for us that we that we see here in Article four. So this is a short one. So that's going to do it. There's, yeah. there's, you know, nothing else to say as far as the article itself. Um, and yeah, we'll 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 continue on through in the weeks to come.
Sounds good. Well, we want to say thank you for tuning in, for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us, and we encourage you to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast. Or if you're a little more old-fashioned, feel free to email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love your feedback, your questions, and your episode ideas, and anything else that you'd like to offer. Uh, let us know future creeds and confession ideas that you like. Uh, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. Stay up to date. We'd, we'd really love to hear from you. Peace. See you.